so many people are trying to avoid all these things, the pressure, they're trying to avoid failure, they're trying to avoid obstacles. And if you're trying to avoid all those things, you have dead people goals, mm -hmm. right? Because dead people don't have to worry about all those things. Right. If you want to live full out, you have to know that that's part of living. Yep. It's part of living to have problems. If you want to live full out, part of that is going to be the pressures, the failures, right. the, all the different things, because we only get this one life to live. And if you live it risk-free, then you're probably not living at all. Welcome to the Push Podcast. Why push? Because a nudge is just too friendly. And friend, we're here to help you get your shit together. I'm Eddie. And I'm Janelle. And we're the Copelands. We've got three daughters, two businesses, a mortgage, and lots of responsibilities. So just like you, we're struggling to find that perfect balance of ambitious go-getter hustle while still staying present, loving our kids, and working on our relationship. <laughs> and doing the laundry, going to the grocery store. Oh, and don't forget being mindful. Yeah, mindful all of the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're juggling all the things, but you're also trying to get to the next level, guess what? You're in the right place. So get ready to be pushed. And welcome to the Push Podcast. Uh, this is your co-host, Eddie, and this is my lovely, beautiful co-host, Janelle Copeland. Janelle Copeland. Did you forget my name? No, I was going to let you introduce oh, yourself. I think, it. you know, you have the, the power to do that. You have and the power with the buttons, and lately you've been you've been hitting the buttons without 91. telling me. What are you talking about? You hit the buttons, and then you just go. So, well, anyways, I'm like the Wizard of Oz, I just kind of I know. don't like that. <laughs> Welcome back to the Push Podcast, guys. Today is an exciting episode, episode 91, as my lovely co-host said, and that means we're on a countdown officially starting with this episode to 10 episodes to the 100th episode. Good yes, job. Yes, good job. So I don't and know if you guys- they said we wouldn't make it. Who said we wouldn't make it? <laughs> I don't know. People say that all the time. Oh <laughs> I'm like, who is that Im imaginary oh. secret army you have that the they, they just kind of comes out of nowhere all the time. Go okay. <laughs> well, no one said that we wouldn't make it, but a lot of people might not know why we started the podcast. And so let's maybe address that because people think like, oh God, do you guys do this for money? We don't do this for money. This was a passion project that we- one day just decided we have really great conversations in our home and with our friends and family. And we're just like thought provokers. And right. so we can turn a TV show into a long conversation with life lessons. And we wanted to share this outside of the walls of our home with people like you guys, you listeners who leave us great reviews, who DM us all the time and tell us that you love the Push Podcast. And so we committed to just doing this for 100 episodes to see what was going to happen. Like, would people like it? Do they care? Do they want to listen to the things that we want to talk about? And so the podcast is going to be over after 100 episodes. What? Just kidding. <laughs> just I was kidding. Like, uh, that was not... <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I don't remember talking about just doing 100 episodes. No, we uh, <laughs> find great enjoyment with yeah. the podcast. I'm not going to lie, it can get challenging sometimes to come up with new titles that we think that our listeners will not only like and love, but find beneficial, you know, because that's yeah. the purpose of the Push Podcast is to give you information that will help you push through challenging things in life. Yeah, and I think that over time we felt like things started to come up and we we found that the the podcast had power and and, and it, people it resonated with people and so which continued to motivate us to to have new content to right. push further even for ourselves to challenge ourselves to grow and to and, and to really turn this into something really special. So 
Uh, we know with all good things and amazing things, it, it, it takes time. And so it's great that we put in for uh, 100 episodes. And so, you know. 91. Don't get ahead of yourself. Well, 91. And it will continue to, to push forward. Yeah. So what we want to do is we want to make these next 10 episodes, starting with this episode, which you're probably going to be listening to sometime in the first week of June. So we're going to encourage you. We're going to be giving away 30 prizes, and we're looking each week for three comments. You can comment by writing a review here on iTunes um, or leaving a comment on YouTube if that's where you're watching it. Or you can share like the stories. Lots of people share on Instagram and their stories like this is a great episode, really helped me go listen to the Push podcast. So just share the Push podcast somehow, some way, tag us in it. We'll find you. Our team will find you. And we're going to send you our new Guide to Thrive gratitude journal. Um, It could be one of these two. And Eddie said, well, what if you're a guy? We're in the process of making a more masculine, friendly Uh, (laughs) uh, version of the Guide to Thrive. So it's a 90-day journal. It's now available on Amazon.com. You can just search Guide to Thrive. But we're going to send you one of these and also a lovely Pusher t-shirt. So uh, we'll be looking for the next 10 episodes. We're going to be looking for your review or your share And just let us know, like, you know, do you have a favorite episode? Was there something that you learned? And just, you know, it's a way for us to pay you back for listening, but also for us to know that we're on the right path and we want to continue to impact people. So, yeah, it's win-win for all of us. I love it. So happy 91st episode. Yeah. You know what we need? What? We need what in the world shirts. Oh, okay. We can do that. Yeah. I mean, we need that. Okay. <laughs> so I have a what in the world. You We're going to dive in really quick I have a what um, in the world because I want to get through this and make sure that people understand that today we're talking about ways to, you know, deal with the pressures of life. Mm-hmm. And this week I've had tons of conversations with great friends, people I love that are just dealing with the pressures of life that are just weighing them down and they feel really heavy. And, you know, just a lot of different perspective shifts that I've shared this week that I've taken on that I've tried to kind of think about. So this is a perfect episode if you are struggling with something, if you feel like life is hard, business is hard, problems are finding you, you can't catch a break. This episode is for you. Love that. Okay. So my what in the world, yesterday I went to our favorite pizza place. Uh, If you're in Carson, (laughs) go to Rosario's Pizza. It's a family business. They've been there over 35 years. The pizza is expensive. It comes piled high with any toppings that you get. It's the best, most outstanding, our favorite pizza. So I go to pick up a pizza and I park in this parking lot and there is no one else there. I'm mm-hmm. right in front of the pizza place and I get out, you know, I go up and they're doing like kind of curbside, you know, you just go to the door. And so they say, okay, thanks for your payment. We need 10 more minutes. Just wait in your car and we'll kind of wave you down when it's ready and you can get out and come get it. No problem. So I get in my car and this monster truck pulls up next to me. Okay. I mean, like, the if I get out of my car, which was hard because they could have parked anywhere in the parking lot and they chose to park right next to me on my driver's side. And so he pulls up. He's really close to me. And I'm like, well, this is inconvenient. Like, right. like, why are you so close? I don't understand. Like, you could park anywhere else. Right. There are so many open spaces. And his tire is literally once I try to get out of my car and I have to like carefully get out of my tiny little electric car. So I have to get out of the car. His wheel, literally the top of his wheel goes beyond my waist. 
while I'm standing. So that's like, what, three feet at least, right? right? <laughs> and so I just like look at the car and I'm just like annoyed. Like, why did you park so close to me? And I'm having to like maneuver to get myself out of this, right? So I get my pizza, go back. And I'm, you know, trying to get in my door. I left my car running, so my key was in there. So when I tried to open the back door, I couldn't open it because my driver door was the only one open. So I have to go back over, sandwich my way through my, you know, between me and the monster truck. And in the process of trying to get into my car, you guys, I'm wearing a dress and my hip brushes up against the stupid monster truck wheel and it destroys my dress. Dang. And I'm pissed. Like, <laughs> that is so rude that you could have parked anywhere, but not only anywhere did you, in the world, not only did you park close to me, but now it's destroyed my dress. So I literally sit there and I'm staring at the wheel and I'm just mad. And I'm and like noticing the armor all. <laughs> right. And I'm just like, this is bad. So I walk around the whole car, put the pizza in the back. And I just like literally at one point, I think I crossed my arms and just like looked at the the truck tire. Like it's unnecessary. It, right. like, why do you even need this? I don't understand. Clearly, you're not off roading because the car is clean and it's got armor all, all over the damn three foot tire. <laughs> right. So I just look at it and then finally I get in my car, throw it in reverse. And the guy in front of me kind of like waves me down and he goes, I'm sorry. And I go, I rolled my window down. I go, what? And he goes, I'm sorry. And I said, oh, is that your car? And he goes, yeah. I said, well, your truck or your wheel just ruined my dress. And he goes, I know. I'm sorry. That's why I'm apologizing. And then the rage comes over me. (laughs) And I'm like, you could have just let me go because you saying sorry. I don't know why. It just pissed me off more because it was like. Yeah, I was looking around to see who it belonged to. He must have seen me. And then he wanted to just kind of like politely say, sorry. Well, you saw me brush against it. Yeah, fine, whatever. (laughs) Everything's about perspective, right? (laughs) And my perception of that was like, you should just let me go. Because if you saw it ruin my dress and you saw me get frustrated, you probably shouldn't have said anything. Because then my next question should have been, why the hell did you park so close to me? Well, you know, so it's, it's minor it could, and it's stupid, but my dress could, is ruined. Well, it could have been worse. It could have been your shoes because you had like all like, white quick, shoes. All those shoes. Yeah. So if you would have brushed against I that, yeah. there'd there been no recovery for that. Just but, letting you know, I don't care about this stuff, but it was just like minor kind of annoying. I think the things that annoy you the most for everybody is the things that you know could have been avoided. That's the thing. Yeah. Like it's just you like, just could have parked yeah. anywhere in the world. But you and I'm not going to talk park. about this ever again <laughs> other than on this podcast with my friends. And the part she left out is that she actually popped each tire I did uh, not. with the knife that she I had in her purse. I do carry a knife, but I did not. I did um, not slice this tire. So, so I'm so sorry that you had to go through that. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> but what my what in the world is, is I have currently right now, this very second, I have two different pairs of socks on. <laughs> I have two different <laughs> pairs of socks on one of which is a little bit too small okay so and that's my left foot and my left foot currently so right now crawling? is crawling mm. to the front of my shoe <laughs> and uh i woke up this morning and i was and i was like putting on some shorts and i was like okay let me get some socks that are you know i don't want to wear you know what do they call tube socks with shorts because i'm not like you know what? Well, an infinity one, but I'm not an old man okay. <laughs> walking around with new balances on okay. with cargo pants on. But uh, new balances are great, but go ahead. Like, like the old school ones. But okay. I'm just saying. And so I just want to know where the hell are my socks? <laughs> I literally have bought packs of, you know, ankle socks that I wear that are dark colored socks. That fit and your they feet. are gone. Yeah. Like 
gone, gone. I'm talking about 12 pairs, so maybe 24 pairs of socks are gone. I know how you can fix this. You can start doing your own laundry. Well, I, to be, well, to be uh, hey, I do my laundry. I mean, <laughs> we share laundry, by the way, but they're gone. Okay. And I don't blame you. Mm-hmm. I blame the children the that children. you asked today. And I blame one specific young lady mm-hmm. who works out twice a day uh-huh. that I know she's wearing short socks. Mm-hmm. And I know that, that the inventory for her socks is coming from my stash. So he literally asked Jasmine today, our oldest, "Did are you the one that stole all my socks? And she <laughs> looks down at him and sees that he's missing a sock, which is really in his shoe. It's stuck, lost yeah. in his shoe. And then he has another sock and she just starts laughing so hard yeah so, in my face so that's my what in the world where the hell I'm are my socks i'm gonna go buy you some socks today uh, yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna go with you you should because i want to identify these socks and I'm going to, I'm gonna write in the socks <laughs> and i'll write your your initials in there too but i'm gonna write our initials in these socks and if i find them in these girls room i promise you you should just kick them out i'm gonna park my monster truck next to them and ruin everything <laughs> in their life all right so, so that way when jasmine gets out from her workout her lululemon <laughs> pants can get destroyed yeah, by the armor I, every time they, she would literally every time they go anywhere i'm just gonna park my monster truck which i don't have which i will buy just oh to ruin my their god day. okay right. so let's Let's dive into this episode. We were talking about ways, you know, to help people deal with the pressures of life. And so there's tons of titles like dealing with the pressure of life, seven ways to free yourself from the pressures of life. This really comes down to like coping mechanisms. But we thought we would start out with like, how do you get there? And Mm. so we are working on customer segmentation at this moment right now with our passion and profit students. And so we decided to segment these people into four different categories because everyone in life has problems, right? Right. But we feel like some people perform better under pressure. Some people crumble under pressure. And so this episode is to help you identify where you might fall in these different, you know, four categories, four different segments. And then we're going to try to give you some tips on how people wind up in the categories that they're in and what you can do to move to another one and what you can do to really thrive in the category that you're in. Yeah, and, and I think it's important that we kind of define pressure in a sense. And I don't have the Webster's Dictionary, but maybe you want to Let look me pull it, it up. up for you. But for me, pressure, like you mentioned problems. I think there's problems all over, right? We have problems in life, right? Big ones, small ones in between that we have to deal with every single day. And then we have the pressure that comes along with that. And that usually means that there is a certain amount of stress being applied to us mentally, whatever you describe, and we're gonna go and get into that, but there's an outcome that you, like I have to get this outcome, so the pressure's on me. I have to complete something, so the pressure's on me. And so I think that that's important, but uh, with, you know that old saying, pressure busts pipes, right? What? Yeah, pressure bursts pipes. I think that's the, that's the old, adage okay when <laughs> you look at me I'm crazy like I'm I don't today years this. old when I heard that for the first time <laughs> but okay but they say pressure burst pipes and that's a whole like you know plumbing term where if you I'm pressure glad you brought build, that up because b- I have a plumbing up. issue okay you do I'm gonna talk about okay. it so all right we'll talk about it okay so the definition of pressure <laughs> is continuous physical force exerted on or against an object by something in contact with it mm. So, you know, let's see another one. Number two, the use of persuasion, influence, or intimidation to make someone or something do something. Mm, I don't agree with that one. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, go ahead. Like I'm putting pressure on you to intimidate you to do something. Well, I think persuasion and influence 
I don't think it's it's pressure. Well, that's another form of I'm going to guess some people perceive it as pressure, which, you know, everything in this episode is up to your interpretation. That's right. really what uh, we're so going to be I talking see what you're about. Saying. So that, I can say that that's that's appropriate because, you know, what we want to make sure you understand is that we're not saying pressure is good or bad. And we'll talk about it. You're, you're probably hearing this. And if in your mind you already think that pressure is a bad thing then this is the episode for you. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about the four different segments that we discussed, like, and what category you might be in. So number one, there's the high performance achievers. These are people that are pursuing greatness. They right. understand they're signing up to feel pressure. They're choosing to do hard things and they're choosing to be constantly put under pressure. So right. people like this are athletes, mm -hmm. people who perform at a high level in any sort of- Entertainment, uh -huh, entertainers. Any uh, sort of uh, profession that they have. And people like our, our middle daughter, Kayla, who right. recently is deciding that she had two options for college. I could go to a rigorous, uh, well-known school in Chicago for theater, or I could pack up my whole entire life, forget everything that I know, and go study abroad in Scotland, not having any friends, family, or support, knowing that this particular school said this is a rigorous program. And if you are not the kind of person to want to sign up for something that's hard, extremely challenging, most people won't make it, then this isn't the school for you. When yeah. they said that to her, she was literally like, I'm going to Scotland. This right, is the place right. for me. So those types of people, they're worth talking about for a moment because they look at pressure differently, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's that mamba mentality. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say. And that's when you get into that mamba mentality. And if you if you don't, if you're not familiar with that term, mamba mentality was, was kind of created about Kobe Bryant. So Kobe Bryant's alter ego on the court was the black mamba, mm -hmm. right? The black mamba is a, is a venomous snake. But where it came from was this mentality of, of his approach to the game, mm -hmm. right? And so he has a book that's called, you know, something Kobe Bryant Mamba Mentality. And I'll read you what the definition is. And so Mamba Mentality is more of an approach than, than anything else. It's about attacking what's in front of you with passion and purpose, without fear and doubt, and without an ounce of quit. No matter what it is, good, bad, success, failure, that's your approach. That's what it means to have a Mamba mentality. And I think when you think about like making the decision, whether it be Kayla's decision or our individuals at High Achievers, I think that that one line without an ounce of quit is so important mm -hmm. because There's what no these individuals out. say is that the pressure, I know it's going to be there, but I'm not going to quit anyway, right. so it doesn't matter. Well, there's no way out. Right. I wish whoever is walking down our hallway would pick up their feet because I could hear everything that they're doing. <laughs> we were filming this, as always, in our home, and it's difficult to get everybody in the house to understand. But let me tell you, if our girls are recording something, they will not hesitate to yell down the hallway. So I'm lightly yelling down the hallway, pick up your feet, please. Back to regularly scheduled programming. Um, the people are like, I didn't even hear that. Yeah. <laughs> so the thing is, is high performance achievers. These are people that are willing to do whatever it takes to be great, right? So how and why do they sign up for pressure knowing that it's there, but they have like no ability to quit? There's They probably complain about it from time mm -hmm. to time, but they are self-inflicting this pressure. Yeah, because yet I, still showing up and performing at a high level with great energy, great excitement, and then most often they get to reap the rewards of enduring such tremendous pressure. Yeah, and and I think 
this is going to tie into what we were going to talk about the, probably at the very end, but I think it's just what they make it mean, right? And so pressure for some people, which we'll talk about, is is damaging. It's it's harmful. And then for these high achievers, pressure is like the gateway. It's right. it's what's necessary. In fact, it's the pressure that narrows their focus. Mm -hmm. It's the pressure that 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 really brings the best out of them. And I think that we see that uh, oftentimes outwardly when it comes to athletes because we get more of a behind the scenes of, mm -hmm. of how they train and what goes into it and and their perspectives when you when after a game they're interviewed and you can see how, what they did and how they even talk about the pressure we knew that like you'll hear them say we knew this was going to be a pressure filled game so we wanted to rise to the occasion mm -hmm. right and the only way you can get through pressure is you have to like get through it there's no right. overcoming pressure you have to move through it in order to for it to be released. So a couple things you said, they're focused and their eyes are on the prize, right. really, and they're extremely clear on what they want. And I would say that in most cases, high performers, they have done a little bit of research to know what they're signing up for, what the journey might look like, and they sign up for it anyways, knowing that it's not going to be easy. Right. So that's category number one, and those are the high performance achievers that are signing up to voluntarily put themselves under pressure Category number two is the aspirational achievers. I would say the bulk of the people that follow and listen to the Push podcast fall under aspirational achievers. And here's what the definition of that is. They like the idea of success. They like the idea of, you know, being a business owner or a homeowner or an auto owner. They like the idea of having a pet. They like the idea of having a, you know, a career that makes tons of money. They like the idea of marriage, but they don't really think about all the problems, I'm using problems in an air quote, that will probably come along with, you know, pursuing or maintaining those things, right? right? And this is like a really tough thing to kind of comprehend because like one of my girlfriends, she owns a historic home. Recently, the pipes burst and now the, the you know, the house has the some issue, <laughs> right? The house has some issues and it's just like a terrible thing for her to be going through right now. Right. I understand that's inconvenient. I understand that that sucks. I understand that that costs money. We also pay for insurance, right? right? We also understand that when we are dealing with insurance companies, it's often not the most pleasant. It's often not the fastest, right? So we have to have a little bit of understanding that one, if we sign up to purchase a historic home, it's likely something is going to burst or need to be prepared. It's likely it's going to cost a lot of money and it's likely it's going to go at a snail's pails, snail's pace. Pace, right. Yeah. Snail pail. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so same thing with marriage. Like we pray for the husband or the wife or the partner, but we're not willing to say like, you know, if I really read any blog on marriage, you'd learn that marriage is not as easy as people think that it is. Same thing with having children. Like I remember when my sister and my brother-in-law had a kid, they were like, there's nothing anyone could tell you to prepare for how hard the first few weeks of going from being single just the two of you to now caring for and keeping alive a small child that cries totally depends on you. Like there's no way that you can be prepared for that. Right. Right. And I think that when you are aspirational, a lot of times what will keep you from pursuing and being in action uh, is the fact that you maybe are calculating the problems, you're calculating the risks, you're calculating the obstacles that may come up. 
And so that pressure that you can you can almost feel in your imagination before you even take the first step is what slows people down, is what stops or people stifles them, yeah. and stifles them for even going forward. And so I think that those that gravitate to the pressure and those that anticipate the pressure and that anticipation, you know, is going to be painful. Mm-hmm. It's painful to go through pressure. It's right. painful to go through the obstacles, but it's a necessary thing. But is pain. it? Yeah. I mean, I think anytime you are trying to achieve something great, there's going to be pain, right? right? There's going to be struggle. And I'm not saying physical pain, but I'm saying, you know, p- mental pain. Like you're going to go through things that you have to be ready for. Yeah, I agree with you. I think we're talking about a couple of different things, though. Like this aspirational achiever likes the idea of success, likes to sign up for the difficult job or career that pays more, but then is constantly complaining about the stress that they Mm -hmm. have to endure at work, right? This person is someone who likes the idea of business ownership, but is constantly complaining about the customers, the pandemic, the government, you know, all of the things that they still have yet to master or perfect, right? So you're saying like they do these things, they want to go off of these things, but Mm -hmm. they're not even like the pain, the pressure that comes along with it. They're trying to push away, not knowing that they're 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 married together. These are the people that that often pray things away. You know, I just can't catch a break. You know, I wish that, you know, the universe would let up on me like it's one thing after another. Right. So two things happen. You're in love with the idea of, you know, the aspirational success, you want it. So you're going to sign up for hard, scary, challenging things. But then the way that you're perceiving every single turn that usually has a new obstacle because business ownership is not easy. Marriage is not easy. Raising children is not easy. So when you're in pursuit of something because you want to be an achiever, It's like the relationship that you have with the friction, Mm. the relationship you have with accepting that the journey will probably be challenged has not really come to fruition yet. Like you haven't really come to grips with, you know, I I have challenges at work, but this is what I signed up for. Like I genuinely love what I do and I'm not going to let, you know, once a week some issue with a coworker or a bad boss, I'm not going to let it derail me from the fact that I really love what I do. Can I, I'm going to just slow you down because you said something that's really powerful and I want to make sure people caught that. You said your relationship with the friction. Right. And I think, like that's a that's a huge thing to say because you can you it moves you to ask a question what is my relationship with this friction mm-hmm. what is my relationship with this pressure and i think that when you look at that relationship if it's a i want to get it off of me i want to repel it i want to move I away want it from to go it away i'm praying it away what you have to realize is that you're you're trying to move away from the things that you alluded to that you asked for right that you you signed up for that you said you want it. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that when people really understand that those things are married together and they're part of it, and you have to assess your relationship with it to make sure you understand that, that hey, how I'm looking at this, how, what, how this plays a part in my life, and what I'm going to do with it will matter whether I continue to aspire and go for bigger th- and greater things and always be in pursuit. Right. Here's the second part of the aspirational achiever, though. The aspirational achiever, again, likes the idea of success, likes the idea of the fancy cars or whatever success looks like to you. Maybe it's not monetary, right? But they like the idea of aspiring to achieve a life greater. And then what happens is they do a little bit of research 
And now I'm completely stuck and stagnant because the idea of pursuing that is hard, scary, it's lofty, and I don't think that I, I want to do that. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to apply all that unnecessary pressure. So then I feel like that's purgatory, and that's even worse than not trying because then you're robbing yourself from the experience of ever even getting close to that success that you're aspiring for because you're stuck in the, mm, you know, I like my comfort zone. Like, I feel real good right here, but at that level, that's going to require more work, and that's going to come with more problems. So these are the types of people that say more money, more problems. Right. And that I say more money, more resources, <laughs> more opportunity, more money, more opportunity, more money, more access to, you know, lots of things. Right. Right. And it, it, it takes me back to when we had a conversation with our students and, and if someone said something very similar, you know, so many people are trying to avoid all these things, the pressure, they're trying to avoid failure, they're trying to avoid obstacles. And I read a quote and I posted it. It said, well, if you're trying to avoid all those things, you have dead people goals, Mm -hmm. right? Because dead people don't have to worry about all those things. If you want to live full out, you have to know that that's part of living. It's part of living to have problems. If you want to live full out, that is part of that is going to be the pressures, the failures, right. the, all the different things, because we only get this one life to live. And if you live it risk free, then you're probably not living at all. Right. So ask yourself, are you in that aspirational achievers category? The first one, I call it aspirational achievers one or a is I like the idea of success, but I'm complaining every single time something kind of comes my way that I'm not right. familiar with. And it just feels daunting. And I feel like I can never catch a break. Or you're the aspirational achiever B who's like, I really, really want to be successful. I know that there's something greater for me, but I'm struggling behind my fear. I'm struggling uh, and I'm stuck because, you know, I have too many things to do right now. And there's just no way because I already have problems and stuff on my plate. Right. Right. So I like the idea, but now I'm going to make myself miserable because my laundry list of to do's is already so great that I can't catch a break in order to find my footing to be able to implement the things that I have to do. And we see this often with our students. You know, they sign up because they want to grow their business and they know that deep down they're like a boss babe or boss dude. But then when we go through the program, you know, after a couple of weeks, they kind of fall off and like, oh, you don't even understand the weeks that I've been having. You know, my kid got sick and my dog wound up in the vet and, you know, my pipes busted in my house and this and that. And I'm like, okay, you understand that life is never going to pause so that (laughs) you can actually show up and get better at business. Yeah, It's not going to magically stop and be problem free because you decide that you want to now pursue the next level of your life. So really think about, but the bulk of the people that follow us are gonna wind up in one of those two categories. Yeah, I think that they're gonna be on all four of them. Yeah, well, let's see. So the next category, category three, is you're not aspiring, but you still feel the pressures of life. Okay, so you don't have very specific goals, but you know, you have a job, you gotta go to your job, and every damn day a coworker pisses you off or you're complaining about traffic. Guess what? If you live in Los Angeles, there will be traffic. Mm -hmm. That to me is not a surprise. So why are we still talking about it 20 years later? Yeah, and and it's interesting because the people that don't aspire, and so like we know people, I know people like close to me and family that I just don't see uh, aspiring. Mm-hmm. And what ends up happening, and to me, this is so ironic, is that those that are trying to pursue 
pressure, those that are trying to aspire for pressure, they're kind of creating the pressure in their life. Mm-hmm. And, and, and there's, there's a difference, like, you know, just talked about some are complaining about it and some people know that this is part of the, the deal. Then you have people who don't even try to do anything, don't try to, to, to stretch themselves, but they're not realizing that life will continue to throw things at them. And because they don't prepare themselves by aspiring, by increasing their tolerance for, for tough situations, by you know, anytime you're aspiring, it's like you're learning, right? Mm-hmm. Then you really don't know how to handle when life's harshest lessons, right? right? And so I, I just see it all the time when people don't aspire. They're not realizing that life is trying to throw things at them. And sometimes the universe is throwing things at them to try to wake them up from sleeping. I think this is the sleeping group. Yeah. So this group <laughs> is important because I think they have dead people goals, perhaps, right? right? You're not in pursuit of anything because you're just kind of stacking. Like things are happening for a reason. Like you're getting late fees in the mail because you're not doing a good job of pursuing a higher education around how to spend your money, right? right? And so you're not really shooting for the stars, but you're using all of these other things to like let you be pulled down by this pressure. And these are the types of people I think are creating their own problems. Like you're creating this environment that makes you unhappy, makes you feel stuck, makes you go through struggles throughout the day. And you're not even pursuing anything. So you're convincing yourself like this is why I don't pursue anything because I already have a laundry list of things. Well, and I'll just add, can I just, I think you are unconsciously creating these problems because when the problems hit you, you're going, whoa, it's me. Like why? I didn't even do anything. Well, (laughs) why would this happen to me? I don't even do anything. And and I think these are the folks that that seek comfort. I was just going to say these are the comfort zone. These these are the folks that look for, I I just want to get a job because it's chill. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll never forget a friend of mine. I said, hey, how's work? He goes, oh, man, let me just tell you, it's so easy. And they pay me for it. And yeah. I was like, I have never thought about getting a job and th- wanting yeah, it, looking to be easy. for it to be yeah. easy. It's just not part of my DNA. Like, if it was easy, I'd probably be bored. Meanwhile, I <laughs> interviewed the other day Gigi Butler. She's the founder of Gigi's Cupcakes, who was a cupcake business in Tennessee, that went from two stores to 150 stores and became a franchise in like a matter of two years. And she said she had a small little cleaning business and she was cleaning toilets and cleaning houses. And I guess she, her words, she was cleaning Taylor Swift's, you know, toilet. And she said, dear God, please, I'm so bored. Please challenge me. Yeah. So you have people like your friend who I think was a family member <laughs> that said, oh, man, I love this job. It's so easy. And then you have people like Gigi who are like, geez, I'm so bored. God, please challenge me and take me to the next level, right? So that's kind of the point of this conversation is like, are you trying to avoid the challenges or are you embracing them or are you pursuing them? The last category is these are people just struggling to deal with or avoid pressures in life all the way around, right? So these, again, I'm praying for a break. I can never catch a break from the universe. The pressure is just piling up on top. Everything's falling apart. It's one problem after another. And outside forces can usually be the thing that they're blaming things on. Yeah. And the thing is also, too, these are folks that that never raise their hand. Right. And so you ever been in struggling uh, silently? It's not struggling silently, but they don't 
uh, to have any initiative mm-hmm. because of the fact that they're trying to avoid it. Well, these right. are the people that are waiting for their parents to die so they can inherit their house and then sell the house <laughs> and then actually have money. Okay. All right. <laughs> that's so specific. <laughs> that's um, a thing. No, it is a thing. Right? And, and that's I'm <laughs> waiting for, you know, I'm just waiting for something to happen so that way something else can be better in my life. I'm well, waiting yeah, for and something. And I think if you're listening to this right now and let's just think about you're assessing your life and you say, oh my God, like I do everything I can to avoid like hard things, Mm -hmm. then this is the category you're in. No one's judging you and and there's no shame, but you have to identify that life is going to be really difficult for you from a standpoint that that you may end up regretting large chunks of your life, right? right? Because you set back, you didn't raise your hand, you set back, you didn't actually aspire to do anything. You actually tried to maneuver and avoid all of the the obstacles instead of knowing that you got to go through them, right? And so the people, these are the people who who may find someone that they really care about and they love, but they go, oh, I don't want to get hurt. So I'm not even going to even try. And I'm I'm just going to stay away from a relationship. These are the people that are not in a relationship and they don't date because they think that all men are bad. All the good men are taken, you know. Oh, I don't get on dating apps because there's serial killers on there. You can't trust anyone. Uh, you know, you know, people these days, you can't find any good help. Like right. These are those people who are like creating this world of like, well, the world's not here to help me. So, you know, what's the point? I'm already dealing with enough type of thing. So I'm yeah. just wondering where you're at. This is really just like an episode you should be listening to doing some self-reflecting. I'm going to get into a couple of things that I think that we can do to kind of like figure out, are we trying to go from one level to the next? Hopefully you've already had some clear perspective on, you know, they're right. Like I am completely trying to avoid problems, but it's true. If I were to pursue entrepreneurship, I know that I'm going to face challenges that I'm unfamiliar with because it's something I've never done before. The idea of, of this episode really comes from the fact that when we were we were watching, like it was a Demi Lovato, right? Mm-hmm. And she was talking about her career. I almost just like had a brain lapse there. And the, she was talking about like all the different things. And, and I have a ton of empathy for entertainers and athletes that are in the public eye. There's an enormous amount of uh, attention. Ops, you know, people are watching everything you do. There are people ready to write articles about every slip that you had. Mm-hmm. There are pre- people waiting for you to fail because they profit off of that. Like yeah. there's a lot that rides on you. And watching how she was dealing with the pressure, mm-hmm. right? And so many people, when they when they have these moments in life where they're at these like pinnacles of their career, you see them collapse. Right. You see them make really bad decisions. You see them, you know, try to release the pressure with addiction to drugs, alcohol, you know, and other different things that really are not the answer. Because at the end of the day, pressure is is very much a stressor, mm-hmm. right? And one of the things that we know is physiologically, stress is, did I say that? Did that come out right? Physiologically uh-huh. <laughs> is stress is energy, right? That's all it is, mm-hmm. right? Scientifically, it is energy that has to be expended somehow, some way. And most times we don't even 
use it. Yep. And so we sit with it and we fester and then we give it meaning. And then we feel like we got to get, you know, get rid of that emotion somehow, some way. And then we get down to making really bad decisions. Yeah. So I think that's one of the key takeaways is like we have to constantly as human beings on earth trying to be in pursuit of something or simply live a problem free life, which, by the way, does not exist. Right. But I think we need to always be in pursuit of like ways to better deal with stress management. You know, something I say all the time is like, what happened and what are you making it mean? You're making it mean because you're piped bust that, you know, oh, just another problem, another thing that's going to cost me a fortune, another thing, right? I know family members who love dogs. And guess what happens when you've had a dog for 15 years? The dog's eventually going to die. Right. Just like all the relationships that you love and you hold on to and you want to last forever, there's eventually going to be some sort of sadness that comes with that, right? So that's not like imagine you have the busted pipe and your dog died. Those are just like happenstance things. That's just a part of life. It doesn't mean that life's attacking you or God's you know, putting the devil is out to get you or like just none of that stuff. So what happened and what you make it mean are really a foundational principle for me dealing with stress in my life. And then I think it comes down to like emotional intelligence. Like you need to understand that like your perception creates your reality, Mm -hmm. right? And so your perception creates this pressure or a challenge. And the crazy thing, and, and this is hard to say because I know people because we feel things right in our bodies and our and and we know we feel we feel the stress and the pain of stress then we believe that whatever we're experiencing is real mm-hmm. so it's really hard to tell people that pressure actually does not exist it is simply something we create in our mind right right and we create our mind because we give meaning to all of these different variables in our life that at that, when we do that, when we give it the meaning, it creates all of this attention and suppression and focus that we take. And all of a sudden, now we feel the the, the pressure and the heat of the moment in the situation. Well, but it's I, all from our mind. Yeah, I think that, you know, the pressure that you invite into your life creates a greater tolerance for the weight that you can bear. Yeah. Right. 100%. So like we look at athletes and like, how did Kobe wake up at 3 a.m. and go to practice every day at four while still, you know, putting 20 plus years into the NBA, raising all these kids? And like you look at people like that and we put them on a pedestal. But really, ultimately, he just pursued like weight training under pressure and eventually rose and got better, right? He well, signed he was, up to do things that most people won't sign up to do, so then you right. get to reap a life with benefits that most people don't get to reap. And he used it as a motivator, mm-hmm. right? He used it as as a vehicle to get the most out of himself. And I think that that to me is the most impressive. And so if you're, if you're looking for a tip really quickly on how you use pressure, one I would say, is that you have to find a way to create, if, if it's gonna make have a meaning, give it a meaning that gets you out of bed every day. Give it right. a meaning that gives you inspiration. And I go to athletes, cause I played basketball for many years, like you hear like Kobe and, and Jordan that would look for little things as for an edge to mm-hmm. give them a certain amount of pressure for them to show up and be motivated and be inspired to play. And I think that that's a very effective thing, especially if we're constantly giving things meanings, right? Mm-hmm. Why not give it a meaning like, oh my God, I, you know, if I don't, I need to show up for this so that 
this person I could beat on the court or, or I needed to show up for my job or my career because I know this person is watching. And if this person is watching and I can make a difference in, in, in what I role model every single day and I can inspire them, then wow, that I've done a really good job. And I and, and that's a really good way to, for me to be motivated. So I think number one, there's your tip is find the motivator. Yeah. So why do you want to be great? What's your why? And I think that for a lot of people creating conflict really helps. Mm. So for us, you know, when we were struggling yeah. financially, we had conflict. There were other areas in our life where we wanted to create conflict. I want to create conflict around, you know, our body and our health and our physique. So we created the conflict and meant, you know, that meant working out more, right. right? So that would be step number one is find a motivator, figure out what your why is and create some sort of conflict because the conflict's going to find you regardless. Yeah. And I'll just add to it, find that edge. And I think that that motivator is that that edge, like I think about people in my family and, and I think about my mom, I think about my brother, I think about cousins and all those kind of things. And I think to myself, wow, if I can do something truly special, truly special, that will help them in an indirect way to want to mm -hmm. do something special for themselves. So I can be a vehicle for motivation mm -hmm. and inspiration. And if I could, that's the pressure I want to put on myself right. to, to go after that. And, you know, with us having parents who are aging, who are probably going to need to rely on us in their later years, uh, my motivator is I don't want to be a burden for my kids. Right. So I want to be the financial paver that, you know, creates this wealth that lasts for generations to come so that I don't become a problem for not saying that our parents are problems, but seeing that and experiencing that what I'm making it mean is I want to create a different path for our kids. Yeah. So find a motivator. Number two, I would say choose your language. You got to choose a language that serves you. So problems are always going to find you. Right. But what if it's not a problem? It's a challenge. Mm. Like that is just a yeah. game changer, right? Like if I ask you how your day was and you're like, it was fine, you know, God, I had so much, there's so much stressing me out right now. Is it true that I could say, I had a good day, you know, I survived, I'm here, I'm healthy. You know, there were some things that were unwanted today, but I figured out a way to power through. Yeah. and Totally I, different. A hundred percent. And, you know, we've said this before, you know, when we'll come home, I said, oh, you know, today was challenging, mm -hmm. right? And because, you know, Janelle knows me, she doesn't mean like, I, I'm not looking at it like, oh, I'm so yeah. stressed out by the challenge. I'm like, today was challenging. That was a good day. Right. The days that are challenging, I had to figure things out. I had to show up. I had to do my very best because there was something on the line. Those are good days. Yeah. Um, the days that are like, uh, or the days where I was like, there wasn't much of a challenge today. Well, I'll just tell you, I had a challenging week this week and I was up until 2 a.m. when I had something that I was presenting the following morning at 8 a.m. And afterwards, I come out and Eddie's like, doesn't it feel good to just have it behind you? And that's it. We don't talk <laughs> about it anymore. I'm not complaining about how tired I am, right? It was just like we talked about the learning of that was like legit self-induced procrastination because everything piled up this week and they were all competing priorities. And I don't like being in that situation. So how can we avoid this going forward? So language matters. Yeah. Some things that we say are, you know, today was challenging or right. that was inconvenient. Yesterday, when the guy's tire hit my dress, that's super inconvenient because now I got to throw the dress away because that tire grease is probably not going to come we'll off. Use the old school magic eraser. Whatever. That. So you know, another thing, Spock Eddie uses this example all the time. This is fascinating. Yeah. Like when something is really absurd. What if you added a little humor and just said, "That's, that's fascinating. fascinating." Old school Spock. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. 
Okay, number three, stop with the overwhelming to-do list and focus on three priorities daily. So if you had the Guide to Thrive journal, there's three priorities. There's not space for a laundry list of to-dos, and there's a huge difference between priorities and a to-do list, right? So last week when I had a week that was just really strenuous and demanded a lot of me, those are the weeks that, yes, the laundry still has to get done. Yes, you know, meal prep still has to get done. We still have to eat. But the priorities are the priorities, right? right? So I think that to-dos get accomplished through scheduling and priorities get accomplished through focus. Mm. Can I, and then can I add something to that? Sure. Focus with a goal tied to it. Right. Because if I have a to do list, right, is that to do list tied to a very specific goal I have for the week, for the month, whatever the case may be? And for priorities, priorities are usually tied to something very specific because there's an outcome that you're looking to obtain. So I think that that's super important. Yep. Number five, learn to protect your time. So I protect my time by if I don't have time to meal prep, I'm going to order meal preps. Right. right. I protect my time by saying no to more things than I say yes to. And I say no to the things that are not in alignment with my goals. So I'll give you an example of something simple in our household. I say no to us getting a dog or a puppy <laughs> because I don't have time to bring one more thing into my life. If the dog gets sick, then now right. in the middle of my busy week, I have to figure out how to take it to the vet. I'm going to be complaining. I'm going to be angry about that because I know that those things, owning a dog comes with the fact that I need to make time to you know, take care of it, to love it, to walk it. I don't have that time, so I have to say no, regardless of how cute puppies are how much my kids want dogs like I have to say no because the burden will fall on me and that's not I don't have time for that right now yeah and that invades the things that are your focus and important yeah so stop overwhelming yourself and start saying no more often number four schedule downtime and rest days so most people are super overwhelmed because they're just trying to go too fast in life and business yeah and this is easier said than done trust me we're recording our episodes of the podcast on a Sunday and that's like our rest day that's our family day but oftentimes like Sunday's the best day in the morning for us to record these episodes. And so you've just got to stop, you know, you've got to start saying yes to rest periods so that you can re-energize yourself, recharge yourself. And think about this, you can check out for an hour. Maybe it's not a whole day, but if you're feeling the weight of the world and everything's coming down on you and the pipes are busted, the dog is sick, you know, uh, work has just let you go. We don't know where money's going to come in. Is it true that you could still say, I can't fix any of this right now, so I'm just going to go take a nap for an hour. (laughs) I'm going to meditate for an hour. I'm going to go get a $40 foot massage right now because I just need to do something to just rest, relax, reset. And just get my head and my mind off of these problems that will still be there in an hour when I revisit them. Yeah, I love that. Yep. Stop stacking. Number six, stop, stop stack. stacking. What I, does this mean? It stops that. I think you you have you know a problem. You have situations that are going on, and then what you do is you start stacking them all up because for whatever reason you feel like I got to look at all of them like a stack of books, mm-hmm. and I got to and feel and really feel the weight of everything, knowing that 
back to the priority, there are certain things in that stack are the, are our priority. There are certain things in that stack that you can't control. Right. And when you stack it, what you're doing is you're just creating an, a, an enormous amount of stress for yourself because you're trying to like look at all the problems. And then that's when you fall into the kind of woe is me. Right. Why is it why I have all these issues instead of it saying, OK, let me just wipe this whole thing down. I just you know, I took Janelle's advice and Eddie's advice. and I took the downtime. Now I'm just going to grab the one problem. What's the solve for this? Mm-hmm. Right. Instead of yep. stacking it all up. And the last tip is choose gratitude and joy. So if you're wanting to be happy, uh, you can't wait until all of your problems go away or solve themselves or now you're living this life, this problem free. It just doesn't work like that. So some tips you can do, you can journal three things daily that you're grateful for. Uh, Again, in the gratitude journal, that's what we offer. You can be grateful for your children, even though they're driving you crazy, making tons of noise. You can be grateful for other blessings like even though the pipe is busted in the house, you still have a roof over your head, right? (laughs) Right. You can be grateful for lots of things. And I think when you get to a place of gratitude, it helps kind of put things into perspective to let you know that, okay, this is an issue. It's not going to go away, but I am still so blessed. Yeah. And I'll just ask them because I think the writing, the journal, writing things down is so important because a lot of times we have all these, you know, problems and things that are coming up. And because we don't write it down, we try to balance it all in our heads. It's hard to organize things. It's hard to even know what's the priority because you just haven't looked at it on paper. And a lot of times when you write it all down and maybe even right next to it, what can I control? And then what can I, can't I control? And that really will laser your focus because I think what we see a lot of time when it comes to pressure is that people are trying to control outcomes that they don't have control over. I can't control how someone feels about me, right? Yeah. I can't control the result of this, even though I put all my effort into it, the result is out of my hands. Mm -hmm. I can't control how my kids will grow up. I can't control all those things. And so how I let go of those things and really focus on the process that you know, does everything within the process that does everything to help me get the best outcome I could possibly get. And the last tip I'd say is just focus on the things that make you happy. So that could be a quick bike ride around your neighborhood or a bike ride around the beach. That could be sitting outside watching the sunset. That could be just things like, you know, a movie night at home with your partner or your kids, a backyard gathering with girlfriends or, you know, just small things that would help you maybe talk through some of your problems move your body, eat right. Like we know these things help with stress, but oftentimes we overlook those. So that's why I made it last because that's probably the last thing you're going to do. You're like, how could I make time for movie night if I'm already stressed out and the weight of the world is bringing me down, Janelle? Well, I'm telling you that the problems will be there in an hour when the movie's over. So you need to start like thinking about the problems in a different way. The problems are still going to be there. How can I take a pause right now so that way I'm not a raging lunatic who's only focusing on the problems? maybe that movie will give you an idea on how to solve it. That happens all the time. Yeah. So I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. Again, we're doing a countdown to get to 100 episodes. This is episode number 91. So we'll be looking for your reviews, your comments. Let us know if you have a favorite episode. Share it on social. And each week for the next 10 weeks, we're going to be choosing three people to send a pusher t-shirt and a brand new Guide to Thrive journal. Thanks so much for listening, you guys, and we'll talk to you later. All right, push through. Thank you for listening to the Push Podcast. 
hey, we want to hear from you. So if you have a question or there's a particular topic that you want us to tackle and you want us to help you push through, you got to do something for us. You got to go to Apple Podcasts and you got to leave a rating and a review. And in that review, go ahead and leave that question with your Instagram handle so that we can shout you out when we actually answer the question. And we'll talk about that on the podcast and make sure that, hey, this particular podcast is made for you. So leave a rating, leave a review, leave your handle. And until next time, push through.